What's going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Proud Dads Presents Podcast. It's me, Mr. Proud Dad himself, James Savannah. I've got my boys back on the podcast. I've got Rico over here. I've got Dr. John setting the atmosphere in the background and all that down there. What's going Good. on, fellas? It's a beautiful day. I'm excited to uh, try out a triumphant of this Zoom meeting. Um, and we've got a really cool and interesting topic uh, to talk about this week that Rico kind of touched on when we did our podcast about passion and getting stuck. And it really made me relive some of uh, my past and coming out and getting stuck myself. So I just wanted to jump on, have a little bit of a conversation um, about that, because um, just to kind of give you a little background of my stuck place when I was first done coming out of college and I went home, um, I was done with football. Um, I had taken a year off. I was like, you know what? I am done with football. You know, it's cool. I'll find something else to do. But then that itch came back and then I got stuck because it was like, you know, football is my passion. Football is my identity. I got to get back in. So I spent years, years doing like arena football and uh, semi-pro football tryouts and things like that. So it was really cool when you said it because it really put a name to the place that I was stuck in and trying to force my passion um, into something that was my future. Mm -hmm. So Rico, if you want to just kind of explain a little bit what your mindset was or what it was we were talking about on the last podcast, which I'm going to put a link below to that episode so you can hear the full episode. Um, but tell us a little bit about what your, uh, what kind of sparked that conversation? Sure. So last time we were talking about trying to come ahead after this quarantine um, is over. And the main, the main points were um, if you're some, if you were someone who, maybe your job was able to get the insurance. So you're at home and you have time. We weren't necessarily talking about people who were in you know, devastating situations where they lost their income and barely have any income and they're just trying to survive. Um, we kind of stay focused on those who have the time, they're not working, but um, instead of just watching Netflix all day or you know, just doing, you know, fun things around the house, trying to find a way to come ahead. So once this quarantine is over, you kind of reposition yourself um, for something that you've always been wanting to do. So, you know, some people don't like their jobs. Why not, you know, reinvent yourself and try to learn a skill during this quarantine to really set yourself up great for your future. And with that, I think we, we veered into talking about people who are stuck. So like there's some people who are at home now, um, maybe they don't like their jobs and they're just kind of waiting to go back to work as opposed to questioning, do I even like what I'm doing? Could I be doing something better? What's that thing that I used to really want to do or I think would be interesting or cool to try out, but I've always been stuck working the nine to five that I really don't like. And then that's when we started talking about passion versus um, finding something that you really like, getting really good at it and then getting paid what you want later on. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. Man. And man, I tell you that it really hit home and uh, just, uh, I was like, okay, we have got to talk about that. And I invited John because 
John always gives off the cuff insight that is like real deep and real relevant. <laughs> He's like a not a monk. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but when you first heard Rico speak on that topic, what kind of came to your mind, John? Uh, just kind of my own past experience from being stuck to actually. Uh, from my background, I was originally trying to do dentistry. And I was stuck in this mindset that I'm going to be a dentist and I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Uh, so throughout college, um, my priorities weren't the best, even though I was there for school, that wasn't the best or that wasn't my top priority. So, I mean, getting into dental school and any other medical field, when you get to a doctor level, I mean, it's difficult to get into. Um, so I didn't get in after, after college. So I took a year off, tried to reevaluate and figured I'm going to go get my master's and do that and then try and push more to just, you know, increasing my own value of who I was as a candidate. And then I still didn't get in after a couple of years. So it was one of those things wow. where I was stuck trying to do everything too, where I was like, I'm going to work for different dentists, uh, be a dental assistant. I'm going to, I taught at a dental assisting school. I was trying to do all this stuff and force what was going on in my passion um but then I realized my passion was really not just to be a dentist it was just to be in the medical field to be able to help people um so that's where I had to kind of reevaluate where I was at um and then that's how I fell into becoming a podiatrist and then went down that route and then never looked back so it's it's one of those things where I feel like when you get stuck in you, in a, a certain something that you like that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. it's very you got to be very careful to weigh how emotionally invested you are into it and what you're actually looking for. Yeah. Um. Because when people are passionate about something, that means they're emotionally invested and you know they're they're really into it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when we base our decisions on emotions that's where typically things could get all messed up and you make wrong decisions based on emotions mm -hmm. so i think there's a fine a fine line between being passionate and knowing what is i guess what reality is um but it's, it's, it's just one of those things where everybody's story is a little different you know, then you hear people who are passionate about something and they go against what everybody says and they, and they make it. And those stories mm. do exist out there, but they're just not the norm. And I think that's where some people just need to realize, mm. you know, what, what's, what's the reality of my own story, not necessarily somebody else's. Right. right. Man, that was good. And um, something you said um, about the reevaluation period, which that is such a tough time period because you get to a point where it's like I've put so many resources in right. trying to follow this passion that I have and a lot of us get confused it's like we confuse um, the passion that we have with the vessel like you said John your actual passion was um, helping people was doing something in the medical field because you felt like that's how you could best serve Mm -hmm. And right. um, sometimes we get so hooked on the actual vessel to get to our passion that we think that the vessel is what our passion is. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, like that you just mentioned about um, 
Oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, hold on, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> oh, dang it! Totally just lost it. Hey, <laughs> I think what you're what I think what you're hinting at is also clarity, because yeah. it wasn't so much that you didn't know what you wanted to do, you just weren't clear on what your true motive motive your true motive was in trying to get there like right. the outcome was okay dentistry why though you right. that's like once you took that time to really evaluate you figured out why and then once you figured out why you're like there's many different avenues in which i could still fulfill that why it doesn't have to right. be dentistry. oh and this is what i was going to get at. no because that's exactly what it is too it's not only just clarity but clarity on um just the whole situation too with with kind of what you're saying james about you know, man, I wasted all this time pursuing this passion, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And I, everything's kind of uh, divinely ordained. Just because when I look back at my struggle with becoming a dentist and then switching, mm-hmm. what I learned at that time was uh, uh, networking. It was just really valuable skills. When I was, when I was in school, you know, before I switched, um i was placed in leadership roles uh throughout school and through one of my masters where where i had to learn how to talk in front of people and then i learned that skill and then through that i learned how to cold call people and i learned how to just network and just talk to random people and then if it wasn't for those experiences of me struggling i would have never done stuff like that because i mean I some of the younger you know high schools that we talk to at church and all that stuff one thing I always tell them is um, learn how to talk to anybody uh, learn how to talk to uh, somebody who's homeless and learn how to talk to a millionaire because you can learn from every single person uh, and it's about relationships it's about networking because you never know what a person has to offer mm-hmm. and throughout the struggle too with things that you're passionate about, I think that's where things are, um, things are created in you to place you in positions for you in the future. I mean, it just it's just all just a learning experience, period, regardless mm-hmm. of where you're at and what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Um, and I'm glad you said learning how to network and learning how to talk to people, because that's something that I've learned that I've had to learn and that I'm learning as I like, I'm really diving deep into communication Mm. and I truly believe that communication is your key to a lot of stuff, whether you have a degree, don't have a degree, whether you're formally um, educated, certified and things. If you have communication, that is a big equalizer in a lot of stuff Um, because you could easily get into sales you could easily get into coaching. You could easily get into a lot of stuff mm-hmm. once you learn how to communicate. And it's just cool to hear a prime example of how communication is a key into unlocking your passion. Like once you reevaluate and you actually get down to the nitty gritty of what your passion really is, um, just learning how to communicate it. And that's one thing too, where everything, everything in life is, is, uh, I don't want it to sound too, I guess, sleazy, but, uh, 
every every <laughs> every every job that you're in, I mean, you're trying to sell yourself, regardless of what you do. You know, whether mm-hmm. you're you're at a factory trying to get a job, or even with me when I'm talking to patients and trying to get them to trust me, mm-hmm. um, you're 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 selling yourself, and and that's that's the thing too, where a lot of people, um, when they're passionate about stuff, you got to know like what your worth is, so you know how important you are and how important your idea is. And if, if you could, if you could communicate that to somebody else and they could, I don't want to use the word buy into it, but I guess believe into it, then I mean, sky's the limit, you know? Right. So I have a question, mm-hmm. Rico, I'll start mm-hmm. with you. So do you believe that your job or your career can actually be your passion? Yes. Okay. So, cause I was, what really sparked this, um, thought I've been watching this, um, this gentleman named Max Maxwell. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Max Maxwell, but he's big into the real estate game. Mm. And, um, he's, he was doing, he was having a conversation with, um, a lot of NFL guys. Yeah. And he was talking about how, um, a lot of the athletes, think that the athletics is their passion whereas the athletics was it was meant to be an avenue to their passion so Mm -hmm. like he was having a conversation with one gentleman he was like well I got to the league I thought this is was my dream I thought it was my passion I thought it was what I was meant to do and then I get to the league and he still he -hmm. doesn't feel like happy or fulfilled it just feels like a job to him. Like Mm -hmm. he might as well have just gotten a regular job if he was going to feel the same way and not Mm -hmm. put his body through that kind of struggle. Um, So that's really why I asked because the NFL is pretty much a job in itself and he got the job and he found out it wasn't his passion. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to see what you thought about could a job be a passion or is every job or any job just a vehicle to your passion? I think it's either or because, <clears throat> for instance, if you are some, I think we need to also define um, passion, right? Because oh, sure. I think like there's a lot of subjectivity in that word. And I think people are can become passionate in things that they're good at. And then over time, you're like, okay, that's my passion, but it may not have started out that way. So, I mean, a lot of the, the things that I, um, the, the reason that I brought that up is because I was reading a book called So Great They Can't Ignore You, or So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And the main premise of that book was that instead of trying to push your passion or force your passion or find your passion um it's better to find something that you think you could be great at and then just be great at it because if you spend all this time trying to force a fit trying to force something to work that may not work um you just get frustrated and you you get lost and just because you're passionate about let's just call let's just say music do you have to be a superstar to fulfill your dream of, of, of making music, of playing music, of playing in front of people or um, helping people, teaching, learning, teaching people how to um, um, 
play music as well. There's so many different avenues, but if you're, if you're stuck on, I have to be a celebrity, I have to be, you know, a superstar, I have to do that. That's my passion. That's my dream. You'll miss all the other opportunities in mm. that same realm that could fulfill your desire or your, whatever you're passionate about. So it, it becomes tricky and very subjective. That's why I'm saying we really need to be crystal clear on what we're talking about. So in terms of jobs becoming your passion, let's say I'm someone who is a, um, a marketing executive or an engineer, some, something that, let's just say I'm not passionate about it. Like, it's cool. It was a good first job out of college. You know, I'm doing it. But after a while, I'm like, mm, this isn't really, this isn't really doing it for me. So you have two options, right? Or you have, you have many options, but let's just say you have two options. Your option is continue doing the job and still keep feeling the way that you feel or try to find something different. Now, the way you approach finding something different could be, oh, you know what? I've always loved playing basketball. You know what? I'm going to go try to be a basketball player. That's a, that could be a passion, but it's, you're kind of setting yourself up for more, um, more problems because you still need to get paid, right? And people who play basketball are and get paid are either in the NBA or, you know, um, another league. And what if you're not good enough, right? So what do you do? You could either continue down that path and, and struggle for two, you know, two years or more, or you could just say, you know what, I'm going to find something that I could be good at that I actually enjoy. And then as I get good at it, as I gain confidence and see that I can actually do it, it will eventually become your passion. That's what I think is that you can turn a job into your passion if you approach it in a way that I, I, I'm just going to enjoy the journey of trying to be great at this thing. And after a while, you'll become so good at it that people will pay you for it. People will pay you whatever you want. And you can kind of translate that into any avenue, any career, any um, vocation, anything that you're, you're wanting to do is just focus on getting really good and really great at it as opposed to maybe the money that it could provide you or maybe the opportunities that it could provide. If you like it, get good at it and eventually the money and everything else will come. That was good. And um, so with us being on definitions, mm -hmm. is passion and your dreams different? And that's open for anybody. Yeah, I think they can be. I think uh, as far as passion, um, one thing that kind of caught my attention when you were talking to Rico was, uh, in a way, it's your, your, when you're reevaluating yourself and your passion, you're trying to um, essentially try and see what fulfills you, I feel like is what passion is, is a big part about passion. And so, you know, being in the medical field, it's, I, I come in, in contact with a lot of uh, these reps. So these reps are salesmen that sell their product, whether it be something that I use in the office or the operating room or um, that kind of stuff. And a lot of them actually are ex-athletes. Um, a lot of ones that I've met, a majority of them I'd say, uh, especially the younger ones are more like D1 athletes. They went to different schools, you know, um, played football, played basketball. And I think it's something that what they did is they took their passion for winning passion for being you know number one and because that's because in all reality with with, with passion it's it's it has a lot to do with your personality too and what fulfills you in life and i think that drive from just learning how to how to never quit 
because let's be honest, if, if you are an athlete, um, you definitely have to have some kind of drive, some type of discipline, something that wants you to be number one, or you wouldn't be where you're at. I mean, there there is, you know, God-given talent, but that God-given talent still needs cultivating um, and still needs drive. And so it's something where I think it has a lot to do with your personality too, to find what fulfills your need um, and, and then change that into your passion and then using that in whatever job that you're, that you are trying to be, you know, number one at. So I thought that was a really good point, Rico, where, you know, converting whatever you're good at. Cause then at that point, once you become uh, skilled in your craft, you're not just another number. Exactly. I mean, you're an asset and yeah. that's where <laughs> you want to talk about job security and, and mm-hmm. getting paid whatever you want and doing what mm-hmm. you love. Like, becoming an asset to somebody and yeah. a job or even your own business and you're, cause I mean, that's, that's, it's huge. Yeah. And you begin to set yourself apart, right? So you, mm-hmm. you begin to look at it as, you know, what can I provide the market? What can I provide my clients? What can I, like, it's more service based because right. you're like, you're so good that you're like, I don't have to try to put up a front. I'm going to show you that I'm good because I'm going to provide the best service. I'm going to um, go above and beyond and I'm going to treat you so well that right. whenever you have something else, you're going to come to me. You know what I mean? So like, right. it's just a different mindset. Um, and in the book, they call it the uh, craftsman's mindset versus mm. the passion mindset where the, where the passion mindset is, I'm going to, I'm good. I, I love this. So I'm going to do this no matter what. Mm. And I'm going to keep at it until I figure it out. And the craftsman mindset is simply, Whatever I choose to do, whatever I enjoy, I'm going to become so good at it that someone will eventually pay me to do it. And right. then, not, then you, when, once that happens, you have the best of both worlds. You right. have something that you really enjoy, and you're obviously um, benefiting from it monetarily. So, like, that's when, like, when you hear people say, you know, I don't work a day on my life, that's, they've, they've found that, that, that intersection where something that they love to do is also, you know, generating you know, I'm sorry, providing them the life that they want. Um, right. financially. So, yeah. so do you, are you actively trying to get your passion monetized or does the monetization kind of fall when you focus on your passion? I think it, it's like, you don't think, you don't think about it as much. And then, and then wildly enough, you're just like, Oh crap. Like I'm making more than talk. You know what I mean? So like when yeah. you focus on just trying to get really, really good, you're not even thinking about that. So like the good thing about it is that people who are stuck, but have a little bit of time left over throughout the day, like maybe three hours, four hours a day, you know, maybe just call it 30 minutes a day to start learning a new skill. Eventually they could become so good at that skill that, you know, start something on the side and eventually you start making more with the side thing than you do with your real thing. But you actually mm-hmm. enjoy, you enjoy the side thing more. And then your goal is to just build that up until you can quit the other. And then now you've found that equilibrium, you know, the, the place where your passion meets your, um, your financial needs. But if you're, if you're focused on just developing this skill to be the best that you can at it, I think you think of money less, not let's, not, let's not be naive and say that the money mm-hmm. just, you know, disappears. Like you don't think about it no more, but yeah. your focus isn't the money. You enjoy it when it comes, but you don't like when you focus 
it's on money, sometimes you'll either cut corners or your your service uh, will yes. start trying to monetize every single part of your business. And I'll, 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 after a while, like clients and people can sense that. They will yeah. know when they're getting, either, not necessarily price scouts, but like they, they'll start to sense that you're, you're only looking out for your best interest. And that's mm-hmm. and then you then you start you start slipping a bit when your focus is only money. Yeah, following the following the money, I think is just a, sh- a short term mm-hmm. kind of thought process. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, my wife and I were watching, um, you know, one of those home builder TV shows, and uh, <laughs> and then you know the, there was one dude where he was kind of like the consultant. He's been in the game for like twenty years. And then there's mm-hmm. another guy who just this is like his first thing that he did, first flipping a house, and then you know, the, the young guy, he's, he's struggling because now the, you know, there's unexpected costs in the house and he's like, you know, I, I can't spend any more money. And he's trying to cut corners on little things here and there. Like one of them, he was like, I don't want to put grass in the, in the, in the backyard. And then the dude who's, you know, the, the veteran, he's like, you got to put grass in the backyard. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> People aren't gonna buy this thing, so he decided to do the cheap route. Yeah, and then you know people were complaining about that about the house when they went through it, and it just when you start to cut corners and you start looking at um, just the money, mm-hmm. in the long run, that's where things can kind of mess you up. Because mm-hmm. like you said, the quality goes down, you're cutting corners, um, more stress comes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, money is important. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's also you got to think about the long term effect and, and really just balancing out, you know, with with all this stuff. How much do how, how much time do I have to really invest in something right now? Yeah. Or is it something where I just got to keep grinding? Because at the end of the day, too, you know, we're still fathers, we're still providers and everything we do can't be for us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where the, the, just the lifestyle balance with with what's going on. So what do you say to somebody? Because I know there are those out there listening that are in this position because pretty sure if we all haven't, I know I've specifically been in this spot before, but what do you say to somebody um, that feels like they want to follow a passion, but they're like, man, I got to work these eight, 10, 12 hours. Uh, I'm just going to use hypothetical. I'm in this factory job because I got to provide, I can't do nothing else. I got to work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have time to pursue a passion or mm-hmm. look and see what my passions are because my passions aren't important right now. What do you say to somebody like that? Um, I would say hang in there. And then I would say, take a look at your, the way you're spending your time. Right. Because if you are in a job that you absolutely hate and you just in like you really want to get out, it there's a saying like it, it can't be that bad. Is my thought, because if it was that bad, as bad as you say, like, I hate it. I got to do something different to snap. But I'm just stuck. You will find a way you will find the time you will make up the you know, like you'll get up a little earlier. You'll stop watching Netflix. Like if it's that bad and you really want to do something else, you'll find the time. And the time that you invest doesn't have to be another four hours after you get off. It could be start at 30 minutes every single day. Just say, look, I'm going to dedicate 30 minutes to at least first finding something that I, I enjoy or used to enjoy and trying to see how I can now turn that into a career going forward. 
and just start there. Like, don't, I think sometimes we get so focused on the end goal that we forget mm -hmm. that we have to take steps to get to that end goal, right? Like, we're like, oh, I want to make, you know, $200,000 a year. I want to sell this. I want to do that. And, but that's cool. But that's over there in the distance. But yeah. you can set up measurable things that you can do every day to end up getting you there. So I would say just start at like, I mean, 15 minutes, I mean, like, there's a lot you can do if you consistently put in 30 minutes every single day towards something. So mm -hmm. I would just say start small and just start um, experimenting. And that's the thing, like, there, you might find four different things that you like. Yeah. You might find five, you might find seven, right? And so you just start, let's say, okay, you, and, you, and you can also time box these things, right? You, it's not like you say, okay, I'm, I found this thing, I think I enjoy it, and I'm just going to go ham on it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm all in. Yes, you can do that. Or you can say, I'm going to give what I just found three months. I'm going to give it six months. And maybe it's not for me. Maybe it is. I'm, I'm going to try it. But don't let the reason you stop be because, oh, it just got too hard. Or, you know, you just get lazy or something like that. Like, go all out for six months. If it ends up not being what you thought or you don't like it, pivot and do something else. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to force it see if you like it put in a little bit of time every day and then eventually you'll find you'll find that thing but you have to actually actually be looking for it sometimes we stop even looking we just yeah you know, go with mm -hmm. it we just you know let's go to work let's yeah. go get that paycheck <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> yeah i think i think the biggest thing too which i mean just kind of stems off what you're saying rico just prioritizing prior mm -hmm. making your time a priority mm -hmm. figuring out what is a priority in your life um because if you could get that kind of down then you could also not only you know try and try and look into other avenues but you could prevent yourself from getting burnt out you know um because you can definitely get burnt out if you're at a job or that you don't like and and yeah. all that stuff and all these other things that you're doing to better yourself is just another outlet to work on yourself so it's um yeah i think my the main thing for for what i'm thinking just prioritizing your time yeah. yeah and and don't like you said Rico, don't give up um it's always going to be hard mm -hmm. <laughs> you know everything that you do any any type of change that you're going to make especially change that's going to try and better yourself so you can better mm -hmm. your family and your position in life it's always going to be hard you know so just expect it to be hard <laughs> so mm -hmm. i don't know why people think they're going to try something new and expect <laughs> it to be easy i mean <laughs> they say if yeah. if it were easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. Yeah. In such a simple that. saying, but it's so true. <laughs> and a lot of people stop like before they get to their uh, they get to their goals, right? They stop mm -hmm. before they hit that. They hit it like they're so close, but then it just gets like at the point where they think either they're about to break through or they're about to fail. They just they quit, not knowing right. that they just kept going. Like their break was right around the corner, so it's it's tough though. It definitely it's, is. It's like a, it's just a different type of mindset, man. That you, mm -hmm. it is. you try something like that. Because it's sure. one of those things where you just like once you reach one level, in all reality, uh, you never stop. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like going upstairs. You finally reach that level, and you're like, oh, straight. I'm 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 on top of this platform, but oh, I got to keep going up more. I mean, that's just that's just how life is, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah yeah it's cool how momentum works that way like when you um because i've always heard the saying 
just take a step like we all preach but then it's like okay once you take that step you got to keep taking steps mm-hmm. and like you you build that momentum and it's so cool how momentum works it's like you see the success of that first step and it's like okay i got to keep going that felt really good and it just snowballs yeah right something bigger and something you said oh i'm sorry go ahead John. Oh, no good my fault good oh no you're good okay so um something you said rico um, both of you said about prioritizing time and how you can you can find time. Um, just from my own experience, I so I used to be one of those that would wake up, I'd watch like ten to fifteen minutes of Sports Center on my phone, mm. fumble around on Facebook for a little bit, and it's like twenty twenty five minutes. So just replacing that twenty twenty five minutes with mm. something that can actually teach you, help you advance. Whereas I started work uh, watching more communication videos, more real estate videos, just stuff that would kind of enhance my mindset, help me point, help point me towards goals and passions and things like that. It's like we get so stuck on this. I don't know why we get so stuck on, oh, I have no time. But if you really sit back (laughs) and do inventory (laughs) of the time you're using, you've got time. Right. You definitely have time somewhere. I think it was um ah, I cannot remember what that book was called. But anyway, the the guy was like, if you want to know which you know how much time you really spend on things, just just start tracking it. Mm-hmm. Because you'll be shocked. Because he was uh now Darren Hardy, that's what it was. He his book was called uh oh it's gonna bug I, I guarantee you as soon as we hang up the call, I'm gonna remember it. That's how it always goes. <laughs> Anyways, he was saying that he was because uh, he, he was big in real estate, um, and he used to think that he worked like forty, you know, like sixty, seventy, hundred hours a week, and he literally started timing the work that he did. Like he had a stopwatch, mm-hmm. and he only counted the time that he actually spent on his work, and he found out that he was working like less than half of the oh, time wow. he thought. And it's just, it, but that's how it is. Like our minds are not, our, like we're not good with telling time. Like we right. just think, yeah, I work 80 hours a week. I work 80 hours a week. I'm tired. But if, <laughs> if we really start tracking it. And then the same thing with like, when people want to um, like save money or if they're overspending, just track it. You'll, you'll, oh, you'll find out horrible. where the, yeah, you'll find out where your gaps are. And like with, with, uh, with losing weight, write mm-hmm, down what exactly. you eat every single day. You'll Don't say that. Don't say, <laughs> I did that. I'm like, I did that when I started uh when I started my eating habits in December. Yeah. I was writing down everything I ate and I'm like, huh. Yeah, everything <laughs> everything adds up, man. Every little it thing adds up. Does. You're All like, those cups of coffee add up. Exactly. <laughs> well, two dollars here, five dollars here. Next thing you know, it's like builds up to two hundred bucks. You're like, what did I just spend my money on? <laughs> right. And you're like, I just ate my money. Exactly. <laughs> And when you actually see it like tangibly, that'll change your life. It's like, yep. oh man. You know what got me is I got this app on my phone called uh, You Behind. And you Behind? You Behind. Like the letter U and then Behind. And what it does, it tracks your, your time mm. on your phone. And it is disgusting when you look at how much you're looking at your phone. And then I even, you can even set it, because it helped me a lot too, because I, I, I don't post too much. I post once in a while on social media, but I do get stuck just kind of surfing. Mm-hmm. and so you'll see how many like literally hours you are on facebook or instagram and it's like like so now it's nice because i got like a timer so i give myself 15 minutes of social media a day and that's it i mean there's ways around right. it you know but like i cut it to that 
because it's like it's it's too much it, it gets it controls your life mm. and i just um, it. <laughs> there you go <laughs> I, just, I just did it and then one thing you said earlier that i just wanted to touch on too is the end game is um people focus too much on the end game uh when you look at somebody and you want to get to that point where they're at it's it sucks because you're not going to do it now and it, it, you could you could you could throw yourself into this pit of um, mm-hmm. depression, I'd say, or even just a uh, pity party. Yeah. Cause you're not going to be able to do it until you just give it time. Like my, um, what was my wife and I were going over um, our finances and stuff a couple of weeks ago. And um, I, cause I got a lot of student loans mm-hmm. and it's just, when, when I see how much student loans are paying a month, and we've been doing it for, since I've been working for the past like two years. I feel like I haven't made a dent in it, you know. Yeah. But she has this plan where we're hopefully going to be done with it in you know five six years. Um, and I could see it, but mm-hmm. it's like when I look at the number that I owe right now, mm-hmm. like I just want to like throw up. Uh, <laughs> like like I don't like it. Just it just so much right now, and it just gets overwhelming when you look at it, mm-hmm. and it, it's going so slow. But you know. Like you said, just you just gotta ride the journey. It's just what it is. You know? If you look at if you look at the long term, right? Mm-hmm. What's five years for being exactly. debt free for the rest of your life and banking all the money that you actually make, you actually get to keep it, right? So yeah, that's exactly. like, five years, but I mean, I don't we're I think we're all in our thirties. I mean, we've got, you know, sixty years, seventy years left on this yeah, earth. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. That's a lot of time still, man. And and exactly. that kind of goes to the person who says yeah, I've got no time. Uh, I mean, but time is, time is going to pass you no matter what. Yeah, so right. you could say either I'm going to figure this thing out and try some things or I'm just going to keep living the way that I'm mm-hmm. living. And no matter what you do, the time is going to pass. Exactly. And, and you don't want to be five years from now thinking, <laughs> man, five years ago, I could have started. <laughs> man, because I hate that feeling too. It's like, Man, I thought about starting this three, four years yeah, ago, and now it's three, yeah. four years later, and I'm like, dang, that right. did go by quick. Right. I like it. So we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. And we just, uh, that was a lot of good nuggets. That's why I enjoy just random conversation, because a lot of good can just come out of just talking to other brothers, mm-hmm. right. other men that have, like, good intentions good um that have the similar mindset i think we talked about it last week john just men who have similar mindsets going forward their uh their life doesn't have to be exactly the same as yours but if you you are if you're on the same life path if you have similar mindsets good can really come out of it so i appreciate you fellas jumping on are there any last words of encouragement any nuggets any um inspiration that you want to throw out there or do you have any projects that you got coming out soon that you want to just drop what does pastor shana say drip it till you drop it or (laughs) or whatever she says um but is there yeah is there anything that you want to say before we check out today well i would like to say for those who kind of saw themselves in the the pictures that we painted in terms of being stuck or whatever i would say just stop judging yourself Mm -hmm. i think that's that's a big part of it is that we keep looking at where we are where we want to be 
and we keep judging ourselves. You know, why can't I be this? Why couldn't I have done this in the past? Mm-hmm. And that just wastes more time and puts you further and further away from where you want to be. Um, if you have those things in your past that you're mad about, you know, just, you know, start, start from here and go forward, you know, stop, stop. Even if you hit the wall, stop putting yourself down. And I always put it, cause it, it's such a, like that mindset really stymies any type of progress. The judging mindset, comparing yourself to others, thinking you should be where you're not currently, um, it does nothing to help you. And I would just say, treat yourself like you would um, someone who came to you for advice. Because we're, we're way harder on ourselves than we are to anybody else. Because if James came to me and said, hey, you know, I'm really stuck. I'm not, um, I'm not where I am. I really want to be this, but I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired, man. I can't do it. What I say to him, man, bro, you suck, man. What I say to James, like, hey, you time, bro. Like, just stop. Just quit. Go home, man. Go home. You know what I mean? Like, but that's how we treat ourselves. Yeah. That's how we talk to ourselves in our minds. Like we just play that same, um, that same song all day in our heads of we can't do this and we shouldn't do this and we're, we're Mm -hmm. stuck. We can't get better. We can't have the things that we want. Um, so I'll just say, you know, you know, be, be, be gentle on yourself, give yourself some time and just, Mm -hmm. uh, just keep, keep pushing. No, that's good. Um, pretty much the same stuff that I was going to mention actually, uh, that Rico just said, uh, the thing that popped in my head was the, the enemy to success is comparison. Um, Ooh, we did that comparison at camp. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought about. But it, it's true, though, because, I mean, it, the, the way people usually compare is you compare up. Um, but you got to remember, too, to you got to compare it down, too, because somebody's looking up to you. Um, so with, with that whole comparison thing, it's all just completely flawed. Because it really is just your mindset on where you're at. Um, it's really just the mindset, I guess, of just being being grateful for where you're at, regardless of what situation you're in. Because in all reality, things could always be a little worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> end game is we could be dead <laughs> and not even here to be able to to um, to share these thoughts and these and these um, and these stories. Because um, what was it? I forgot where I heard this, but uh, someone said the, the, um, the most, uh, he didn't use the word depressing, but the most, uh, oh, the most untapped potential um, is the graveyard, because, uh, or the cemetery, because it's like, there's, that's where there's so many thoughts, so many ideas, mm-hmm. so much uh, success that could have happened, but never was. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just, be appreciative of where you're at. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just, just be, be humble, uh, learn how to serve and just keep grinding and keep doing you and, you know, remember your priorities and, uh, family first. So go God first and family. <laughs> God first, bro. <laughs> Where's that t-shirt? I need that t-shirt. Got it first, bro. I think my son's wearing that right now. <laughs> um, and then just to kind of piggyback off both of you because you guys made some really solid points. I'll say one, don't be afraid to try. Like mm-hmm. don't be afraid to take that step. Cause a lot of times we confuse 
an L with a fail. Mm. Like in life, we're going to take L's. Like everything is not going to be all peachy. Everything is not going to go the way you intended all the time. Mm-hmm. But you can only fail if you don't get back up and try again. If mm. you stay down, if you stay stuck, that's when you fail. Mm. So don't be afraid to try. Um, that gentleman, Max Maxwell, I was talking about, um, he is now a multimillionaire. Like he owns properties everywhere. He just bought a property in Jamaica where he's about to build like a six unit condo. I mean, mm-hmm. he is like so successful. Um, and he was telling his backstory, he was like, man, I got, I do this so good now because I took so many L's. He said, I started 12 businesses. Mm. I started 12 businesses and 12 of them failed before I got to this. Wow. And I'm like, and honestly, it was encouraging to me um, because it's like a lot of times we'll try something two or three times and it's Mm -hmm. like, man, I suck. I'm not even going to try it again. I guess I'm stuck just in the nine to five life. God has nothing more for me than nine to five. And it's like, no, you're only like what you're going through now is preparing you for the grandiose that is coming to you down the road. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't get discouraged just because you take a couple of L's, just learn from it and keep it moving. You, you will eventually get it. Don't, don't fret. We've all taken L's and just lean on those who have just mm-hmm. lean on their wisdom lean on their words of encouragement and just mm-hmm. lean on their stories cool. um let their stories be an encouragement to you um let the let their stories be a light that kind of guides you through your own situations so yeah i think that's my um last point so like if you see someone like max maxwell right you're you're going to see the byproduct of the struggles he went through to get to where he at, he's right. at, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we look at people like that and we just see the end, the end, the end mm-hmm. game. You, you see where they are now, but Don't you, yeah, and then you're comparing yourself to them, but you're not seeing the journey. You didn't see all of the twelve. Like if you right. don't, like if you don't go listen to him or read his books or anything like that you just think oh that's another rich guy with properties and mm-hmm. you know he's a multi-millionaire real estate guy but what mm-hmm. you didn't see was what you just said james when you mm-hmm. when you compare yourself to someone's end game you are you're, you're i don't want to say you're being disrespectful but you're just you're ignoring mm-hmm. the journey and the hard work that they right. had to um put in to get there so i would say be careful yeah. about um comparison mm-hmm. and especially comparing where you are now to mm-hmm. someone else's finished product yeah it's a disservice to them and a disservice to yourself mm-hmm. that's what i was looking for disservice Thank mm-hmm. you. i got that's you good. that's good I, I, I knew where you were going with that because i was like yeah. oh yeah he <laughs> it was funny his first deal that he did was a wholesale deal he was living in his mama's basement at like 29 years old he was 29 or 30 or something like that and he only had 27 dollars in the bank Mm. and he was trying to figure out am i gonna put it in the tank or am i gonna eat what i'm gonna do Mm. and like his first deal popped in and it was like he was just off and running and it was like yeah you don't know the you don't know people's journeys don't Mm -hmm. compare that was real good rico don't compare yourself to people's end 
mm-hmm. or destination because mm-hmm. you're doing a disservice to their journey. Right. I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna probably take that and put it in one of my speeches. <laughs> I'll give you the credit. You'll get any royalties <laughs> anytime I say it. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. I gotta share that. Oh, I gotta share a dad joke that I heard that had me cracking up. I was in tears. It's so lame though. <laughs> and I think what had me in tears was the dude's reaction more than the joke itself. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I I gotta calm like down I heard for the, the delivery. Delivery. <laughs> you might have. So okay. What do you call a person? Yep, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. It's so stupid, but it's so good. <laughs> you, you probably saw it on Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I saw it on Instagram. My bad. All right, tell him okay. Rico's feeling awkward. <laughs> okay. What do you call a person who doesn't have a body and who doesn't have a nose? <laughs> I don't know what. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought it was so funny. I'm not gonna lie when I heard it. I mean, the delivery was legit on that video, but I just thought it was a funny joke. Oh shoot, no, that's good. I think that is the perfect point to end. All right, so again, thank you, Rico. Thank you, John, for jumping on. Uh, we are so glad. And I wasn't recording. I'm just kidding. Um, but thank you guys for jumping on it is always a pleasure um definitely looking forward to future podcasts with you because it's always so fun and always so insightful um look out for um projects that are coming down the pike i've just been listening to some of you and some stuff that you've got going on and i'm excited to soon be able to plug it and tag people in it so Just keep an eye out, everybody. And again, this is the Proud Dads Presents podcast. Check us out weekly. And we out. Peace. All right, man.